generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. Ephesians 4, from verse 25, we'll read together all the way to verse 32. Ephesians 4, thank you media, I love the speed. Let's read together the count of 3, 2, 1, we read. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor. Working with his hands what is good. That he may have something to give him who has need. Verse 29. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for your necessary or for necessary edification. That it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. By whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger clamor and evil speaking but put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another tender hearted forgiving one another how can you read alone verse 32 just alone everybody read the now Now you're going to pick a neighbor and you're going to read it to them as an instruction of what they should do to you. Say, I'm be kind to me, tender-hearted, forgiving me, even as God in Christ. You, you know why that's important? Do you know why? I mean, do you know why that's important? Because it's easy to apply the scripture to Boweru. Be kind one to another. Then when somebody hurts you, you forget that one. So the scripture is not just for general teaching. It's also for private personal application. So look at that person again. Say, and be kind to me. Tender-hearted to me. Forgiving me. Even as God in Christ. Now we're going to take it to another level. If there is a family member, flatmate, housemate, somebody that you are close to, Go to that person because in a matter of no matter how close you are to somebody, in three weeks you offend them or they offend you. Except they are quarantined, like they have corona, but they don't have. So look at that person in advance. In advance. Say, be kind to me. Tender-hearted about me. Forgiving me. As God in Christ. Let's take it to another level. Somebody that is not talking to you in this kings now. Yes, we must apply the word. Or you just notice that they've put your call on answer waiting too many times. You say hi, they will give you one side. Look for the person now. Everybody go, go. Some of you might look for five people. Yes. Be kind. <laughs> Glory to God. Father, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this hour and the purity and the power of your word. I surrender my heart to you, sweet Holy Spirit, this morning. Help me not to preach a message about being tender-hearted with a hard heart. 
help me not to be wild and insensitive, but to be gentle and to be Christ-like, not only in this message, but as a father of, as the father of this house and as a father in many individual lives here in different spaces. More so, let everyone here, regardless of our temperament, let us take on the nature of Christ that has been given to us as a gift. Let us take on that nature as a gift and take it on as our lifestyle in the name of Jesus Christ. Let our spirituality and humility not just be audio. Let it be palpable, touchable. Let it carry essence, weight, and worth. And let our lives, families, homes, businesses, generations, communities, nations be impacted with the reality of this word that we are a kind people, a tender-hearted people, a forgiven people, Christ-like, not only in profession, but in actuality. I pray also for everyone who has become a bank for hurt and offense. Everyone who's opening current accounts, savings accounts for offense, storing up those things as if they were precious stones. Today, Father, we evict them from the bank of malice. By the Spirit of the Lord, expose them. Give them another job from banking to insurance. Forgiveness, insurance of forgiveness, insurance of love, assurance. Let them undertake and underwrite things as Christ would. And if there's anybody who has been paralyzed, let the life of Christ energize them. They come alive. Awake, awake, O thou that sleepest, and Christ shall give the light. Let many questions be answered. And let empowerment be proliferated across this house. I pray also for those who are not here, that the same spirit of this word will minister to them wherever they are. By live stream or other streams, as long as they are God's streams in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. All right. So, so we've been talking about the heart. The heart is very important. The heart is the womb of your spirit. God does not transfer anything to the earth until it finds a heart that can receive it. And this is the real reason. Before anything material comes upon the earth, is manifested upon the earth, prayer, a conversation with the divine has to happen. That conversation starts with a covenant or a promise or a prophecy. That's how God initiates movements on the earth. So there's a promise, a call, a covenant, and that thing is from the heart. Why? Because you don't just hear God with your ears. Once has it been said, twice have I heard that power belongs unto God. So the real person, the real believer, the growing believer does not just hear what God is saying in their ears. What it means to hear spiritually is that your heart is receiving that message. Your heart is receiving that message. So when God is speaking to you, watch this now. Many believers say this, I, I struggle to hear God. I don't know when God is speaking. Now let me ask, how many of you have had that face in your life? Maybe you're there right now. You're like, I struggle to hear God. Just be honest. Or maybe sometimes before, five years ago, I struggle to hear God. Now how many of you realize that even when you're saying you struggle to hear God, that time you were not struggling to hear the devil? Talk to me, guys. Right? You were always hearing the devil. You will die young. You will marry. You will have seven children at once. <laughs> right? Right. Now, how is it that we believe that we can hear the devil so clearly and we think that we can't hear God as clearly? Could it be that in our minds we think the devil is more articulate or that the devil is more eloquent or more persistent or more generous with disseminating his information? Or perhaps it is simply because we don't generally understand how God speaks. So we think that the devil speaks, you know, through our thoughts. Because, you know, most of the things the devil tells you is through your thoughts, right? 
You just start hearing things in your mind. Nobody's speaking, but hearing things in your mind. He hates you. Your phone is going to get missing. I cancel that in Jesus' name. Right? And we think when God is speaking, it has to be super elaborate, grandiose. Like you see angels clapping, flapping their wings. Like you see three doves just floating in here. And they see glory cloud and puff, puff. Not the edible one. I mean, the glory cloud puffing. But the truth is many times God speaks how? Through our hearts. The inner witness in our hearts. And that's part of why it's important to guard your heart so you don't allow too many voices in your heart. Because for many of us, when we're stalemated or our junctions in life, it's simply because there were so many voices speaking to us before we began to seek the face of God. And so when it is that God begins to speak, we can't even tell the difference between God's voice and the other little gods we've allowed into our lives. Because for some of us, the God of Netflix has kept us in a net. Where our eyebrows can no longer be on fleek. So God wants us to take care of our hearts. In our text this morning, he says, be kind one to another. And it's not just talking about perfunctory kindness or superficial kindness. It's talking about kindness that springs from where? Be honest before. Have you ever done something kind to somebody? Not because you really meant it, but because you were trying to prepare them for a request you will make in three weeks. Come on, be honest. Raise your hand. It's like, let me butter them up for the times to come so that when my request lands there's already a soft spot at work you know sometimes just extra nice to your manager so they can manage your situation well when the time comes so god wants our hearts to be protected he wants our hearts to be gentle to be tender what does it mean to be tender give me the words what does it mean to be tender soft not entirely like a softy right gentle is a word mild give me some more words considerate kind not hard-hearted matthew said something tell me patient that's a, an attribute compassionate sensitive that's a very good word god says this is not an effeminate thing watch this because some people feel like if I am patient, if I am gentle, if I am sensitive, then I'm not a man. A man has to be tough. man has to be thick-chested. Right. Some people feel like that. But watch this. Do you know when God made man, the Bible says male and female, they created them. And where was the woman? The woman wasn't the first man. So God is both, or God has both masculine, what we consider traditionally masculine tendencies, and what we consider traditionally effeminate tendencies or feminine tendencies. That's why when we call him El Shaddai, do you know what that means? The multi-breasted one. Now, men don't have breasts, do they? Well, generally. But women typically have breasts, so there is an effeminate dimension of the Godhead. Are you following this? Are you following this? Let me, let, me, let me help somebody. So we're here, God the Father, and we're here, God the Son. Can a father have a son without a mother? Da -da, da -da. Who plays the midwife in the Godhead? Who plays the midwife? 
Holy Spirit. Because he that is born of the flesh is. He that is born of the spirit. If you are born again, you are born of the. What's that spirit? The spirit of regeneration. The spirit of redemption. Titus verse 5, right? The Holy Spirit plays the midwife in role. And the Bible says, Jesus says, he will send you a helper. The first woman was a what? So women, part of your role is study the Holy Spirit. You don't see him, but you can't live without him. You might not see him, but it can push everything upside down. You know, if I have a Holy Ghost meeting right now, the most dignified of us can just break out. Are you following this? So the Holy Spirit is never called the mother, but he plays the role, the midwife in role. Now, how does the Holy Spirit manifest in the life of the believer? The love of God has been shed abroad where? In our hearts by the? So the reason the enemy attacks your heart all the time is that if he can attack your heart, he can choke out the expression of the Holy Spirit in your life. Because the Holy Spirit dwells in your heart. This is why many times when somebody is bitter, they will struggle in many areas. Why? Because they are choking out the ministry of help by the Holy Spirit. This is why when somebody hurts you and you take it in your hands to hurt that person back, the Holy Spirit cannot help that situation. He allows you to handle it. And when you handle it, you mishandle it. Are you following this now? Look at someone say the heart is a big deal. So it makes no difference how much oil you have on your head if there's so much toil in your heart. The toil in your heart can frustrate the oil on your head. Because there's struggle, there's hassle, there is intensity, there is debate, there is argument. How many of you know, like I was saying when my wife looked at my face and said, what's, what's up? She said, what's up? You know that eventually your face is going to show what's going on in your heart. Because the outward manifestation of the believer is supposed to reflect the activity of the Holy Spirit in their heart. Let your light so shine. What's the light? Jesus Christ, the nature of Jesus Christ. What causes light to shine? Oil. What does the oil represent? The Holy Spirit. So when the Holy Spirit is in the heart of the believer and the light of Jesus is shining, people will see the light upon the face or the outward manifestation of the believer and give glory to who? The Father who's in heaven. Look at somebody say, clean your lantern. How many of you lived in the days where we had lamps or lantern? A.K.A. Atupa. How does Atupa? You know Atupa? No, I'm not talking about rechargeable lamp. I'm not talking about rechargeable lamp. You know rechargeable lantern? Now that you plug in. I'm talking about the one with the wick. The wick, the thread thing. Anybody remembers that? Now, when that thread, the, the weak, not, how do you know John Wick? Look at that, killed six men with a pencil. My God. If every believer was spiritually militant like that, finish the devil in one week. Because we're like John Wick. In a week. Anyway, I gotta move so I don't tweak this message and make it weak. Alright, so. so the wick now, when you have light on the wick and the lamp is burning, watch this. The lamp is burning, you've got light on the wick. What happens after a while? The oil is going down, what else is happening? The suit is beginning to rise and cluster up what? The glass lamp. 
Some people are totally lost because we were born 2015. Sorry, no, no, 2003. So they're like 17. Say, ah, weak, glass. <laughs> Don't worry. Media, if you can find a picture from Google, lamp, so that they will see. The shade now starts becoming what? Shady. It starts becoming black. And this is not because the lamp is inherently dirty. But by virtue of being used, there's a dimension of itself that is beginning to get in the way. That lamp is a metaphor of a believer. The shade is what people see your life through. It represents your heart, which actually manifests itself through words and attitudes. That when God is using you, part of your flesh can begin to color your heart. So you preach a very powerful message. Be damned. Finish us. Chilling with the most high. Then me, I'll be like, are you sure you are really blessed? Huh? And if you're not careful, the heart is like, what do you expect? In the heart. Guess what? Where the suit takes place? Where? Internally. You don't need anybody to stain you. Just don't take care of your heart and you'll get stained. Just don't be intentional about it. So that's why it's an instruction. Be tender hearted. Why? It's easy to become hard hearted. It's easy to become tough hearted. Even as a believer. Let me read something real quick from the book of Mark chapter 8. Mark 8, give it to us, 8, 11 to 12. Then the Pharisees came out and began to dispute with Jesus, seeking from him a sign from heaven. And they were testing him. But he sighed deeply in the spirit and said, why does this generation seek a sign? One of the signs of a hard heart is that you're always looking for a sign to validate with the promises of God. You're being led by signs. Jesus is saying, why are you looking for a sign? So surely I say to you, no sign shall be given to this generation. Another time when they were seeking a sign, said, so I'll give them the sign of, the, of Jonah. And he explains the picture of redemption life of Jonah. I talked about that about three Sundays ago. And he left them and getting into the boat again, departed to the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread and they did not have more than one loaf with them in the boat. Then he charged them saying, take heed Beware of the bread, leaven, flour of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. What did they do amongst themselves? Saying what? Jesus says, don't be like the Pharisees. What's the leaven of the Pharisees? The yeast of the Pharisees that inflates everything with itself. In other words, he's saying, you, how many of you bake? Like bake stuff, bread, puff puff. You put a little yeast and it inflates that thing with itself. In other words, it occupies more space than it has substance. So he's saying the trap of the Pharisees is that a Pharisee can exaggerate everything with itself. It will inflate testimonies. It will inflate circumstances and situations, put itself there. It will insert itself in the situation, not because God is instructing that, but because it wants to be seen. And at the end of the day, the noise of the Pharisee is louder than the impact that he makes. So God is saying, be careful. Don't let your life be like that. Let your inner life be stronger than your public life. 
And they were saying, oh, it's because we don't have bread. Now what Jesus said. But Jesus being aware of it said to them, why do you reason because you have no bread? What's the next line? Do you not yet perceive, not understand? Is your... He's talking about a hardened heart. Because many times, many of us, when we think about hardness of heart, we're thinking about Pharaoh and God hardened his heart. We're thinking about unbelievers and their hearts were like stone and some fell by the wayside. They were with Jesus, but they had become hardened. Look at somebody. Say, is your heart kakarakaish? And I'll talk about this shortly. It said, is your heart still hardened? He begins to explain the manifestations of a hardened heart. Having eyes, do you not see? Having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000? How many baskets full of fragments did you take up? How many? They said to him, what? So that was one miracle. There was another time. He said, I broke the seven loaves for 4,000. How many large baskets did you take up? How many? So he said, how come you're thinking I'm talking about bread? Because a hardened heart will reduce every conversation to materialism. So when God says, I will make you great, you're thinking great money, great car. A hardened heart is so congealed and so contracted that when things become hard, what happens? They shrink. How many of you got wed wedded or you got wedded or you married people and they were trying to put the ring on their hands? And it was difficult for the ring to enter into their hands. Do you know what happened? If you lived in London before and you bought a ring in London. And then you come to Nigeria. The heat expands your hand, your fingers. Are you aware of that? You didn't realize that? Heat expands. Are you following that? When you heat something up, does it increase or not? When you heat water, does it bubble up or not? When something is frozen, does it bubble up or does it shrink? Hardness shrinks your life. When your heart is hardened, your life begins to shrink. And I'll tell you some of the symptoms of a hardened life. Ten of them very quickly. Number one, a hardened heart is dull of hearing. Dull of hearing. Cooking burrow. Doesn't used to hear a word. A hardened heart. You know why a hardened heart is dull of hearing? Because there is the pride of I've heard it before. Oh, I've taught this message in my house fellowship. And so even though it's true, the new thing that God wants to reveal through that message, that heart cannot receive it because it's got the wrong posture. And so when new knowledge is coming, because the heart is already framed and congealed and restricted, it cannot even receive it. Number two, a hardened heart is insensitive. Spiritually insensitive, emotionally insensitive, environmentally insensitive. Why? Because it's more obsessed with protecting itself than blessing other lives. Number three, a hardened heart is impervious to prophecy. So when they proclaim this year, the Lord will increase you ten times over. Oh, nobody shouted amen. amen. The hardened heart will be, I've been hearing these things. You know, there was that woman that said to the prophet, don't lie to me. Her heart had become hardened. Number four, it is resistant to correction resistant a hardened heart is not easily impressionable when you try to impress upon it it reacts as resistance number five watch this one a hardened heart 
is opposed to help and support. People want to help. No. Don't worry. I'll do it myself. And I'll tell you why some of those things are there. Why does the heart get hardened? I'll give you about four or five things. Number six. The hardened heart lacks depth. Because Jesus said in Matthew 13, some of the seeds fell by the wayside. And because that land lacked depth, right? Or on stony ground rather. By the wayside, the birds came to pick it up. Lacked depth as well. And then on stony ground, he said because it lacked depth, it couldn't sink. So a hardened heart can even read a thousand books. But there is no fruit from their lives. Why? Because the revelation only resounds. So they can quote the scripture, but they don't reflect the word. Oh, is somebody here? Look at somebody. Say, what are you scoring over six? You know, we get very practical. <laughs> Number seven. A hardened heart forgets the faithfulness of God. And therefore, does not actively rejoice or expect supernatural manifestations rejoice at or expect supernatural manifestations and this is what happened to the disciples here they forgot jesus said if it's about bread have you forgotten how many of you guys 12 the first miracle i did how many baskets did they take up 12 baskets i'm not talking about natural bread is your heart still hardened I don't know who I'm talking to right now. You have that bill of 120,000 naira. And because of that, you're having palpitations. You've not slept for the last three days. You're saying, God, if you don't do this, I'll go and do rubbish. And God wants to remind you in the service, don't you remember when you were in private university and your bill was 800,000 naira and your parents didn't have the money and you cried to me? Have you forgotten how I delivered you when you walked on that pedestrian bridge all by yourself and nobody attacked you? Where is this fear coming from? Where is this darkness coming from i deal with every cloud of darkness over every heart and mind under the sound of my voice i break that thing that is trying to suffocate your praise and choke your expectation by the spirit of almighty god i proclaim that your heart is not hardened and that your faith begins to rise that your joy begins to spring forth that you are not impervious to prophecy but you are receptive to what thus says the lord that bill will be paid that door will be open that change will come that river will be unlocked for you somebody shout yes look for somebody and slap that person a high five or chop knuckle if you don't want to slap them a high five and tell them God is coming through for you God is coming through have you forgotten do you know that all you need to get your praise on is to remember remembering the right things is the greatest praise catalyst of all time remember how you were sick 10 days but God healed you remember when it was the deadline but it sent you a lifeline remember when hell was breaking loose but heaven came down and glory filled your soul remember when your dad was fighting your mother and you cried and wept and now they're still not the best of friends but nobody has slapped the other person in three months and counted it's not ordinary it's the doing of the Lord and it's marvelous in your side remember 
when it was that will be at Skate City and there will be roots to you. But now the Lord has brought us into our own place. Can you re just remember what God has done? I refuse to forget his faithfulness. I refuse to be an ingrate. I refuse to act like everything is hunky-dory because I'm smart, intelligent, articulate, eloquent, charming, gifted, charismatic. It's the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in my eye. I will open my mouth and give you praise. I'll throw back my head and shout. I'll throw my hands in the air and clap. I'll glorify God for what he has done. He has done great things. Bless his holy name. Somebody give God 20 seconds of wild praise in the house of God. Anytime you're tempted to get worried, just remember. And if there's anything that will help you, get a journal. Get a journal or write a material, a note. One note, I note, whatever note, galaxy note. Remember it. So a hardened heart will forget. How many of you have people that you really helped at some point in your life, but now they treat you like strangers? You know what has happened? Their hearts have become hardened towards you. So they treat you like you never really mattered. A hardened heart. Now I'll tell you how it happens. Offense is one of the ways it happens. Number eight. A hardened heart cannot or struggles to cultivate deep friendships. Strong connections. True fellowship. It isolates itself. It gets nervous when there is two or three people gathering. I don't want to be close. I don't want to, it shuts people out. So they feel everybody has an evil intention. Everybody is suspicious, suspected. A hardened heart. Do you see why many people are so tough in society? Some people are so, many people are so heavy in relationships because their hearts are hearts of stone. So the relationship is heavy. It's not light. You know, there's something somebody told me when I was pastoring in London. And I said, I don't know you. I think the first week, the first two weeks, I landed in London. I said, I don't know you, but you have a free spirit. How many of you can tell that about me? I have a free spirit. I don't carry weights. Because weights will slow you down. And weights will slow the people that are called to serve with you. And it's intentional. There must be a heart check. I do it at least two to three times a, day, a week. So the people I don't spend as much time with, I know exactly why. And I know it's not offense or bitterness, and they know why. So those are things you do. If you're not going to spend a lot of time with someone that you were close, tell them. Now, if you're ashamed to tell them, maybe your reason is not legit. Or maybe you're afraid that they will have their reason. Are you seeing what I'm saying? <laughs> so do I give people space? Yes. But when I give them space, they know why. We know why. Are you understanding? Jesus said, why is your heart still hardened? Why? Number nine, it's inflexible and rigid and unidirectional. This is the way it must be done. If it's not done like this, I will not do hardened heart. The word says, I've set my face like a flame. Number 10, it cracks under responsibilities. Why? If you have a slab of stone and you put enough weight on it, will it, will it crack or not? If it's plasticine, does plasticine crack? It will stretch to expand. So a tender heart stretches. It grows to bear up the responsibility. Why? Because it's not the heart bearing the responsibility. It's the buoyancy of the Holy Spirit in the heart. Following this now. So you've seen like uh, floaters. You know floaters float? What's keeping them afloat? 
There's air. The Holy Spirit is the air that keeps the believer above the flood waters of life. There's buoyancy because it's not my power, it's not my might, it's not my will, my charisma, my charm, my beauty, my faith will follow him, my tweeting on Twitter, my IG, because I can be on IG and still add too many kgs. Weight, spiritual weight, kilograms. Come on, get that. So why does the heart become hard? A couple of things. Number one, when a heart is not exposed to the constant influence and impartation of the Holy Spirit, it will naturally grow hard. Watch this. There are different kinds of things that go hard in our homes, in our kitchen. If I had sufficient time, I would have brought out uh, a pack of sausages. I'll use that a little later. But how many of you have bought, how many of you love soft bread? I love soft bread. Soft. My wife is like, well, this bread is soft. No, it's got to be like soft, soft. Like you mold like a bar. It becomes a mound in your hand. A whole loaf collapses under the influence of the impartation of grace. Your fivefold ministry becomes like a ball of... Sounds like... So you dip it inside stew. Soft bread gang. Who knows that kind of bread? Some of you don't like that kind. It's hard bread you like. It's not even hard enough. You toast it. Kra, kra, kra. So I love soft bread. But here's the thing. So you buy soft bread. You keep it on your table. After two days, will it be as soft? After three days, will it be as soft? In other words, it's possible for you to stay the same in your spiritual growth journey and start getting hard. In other words, you're not worldly, but you're just staying the same. No constant exposure to the heat from which the bakery or the bread was baked. The initial zeal, fire, intensity, passion, desire, getting there early, giving more, intentional about sacrifice, forgiving people, the humility to call somebody and say, do you know I didn't like what you did three days ago? Because you don't call that person and weeks pass. And when you see the person, hurt comes to the surface and you have three layers of malice. You have foundation? Sorry. You have, what's the first one? Primer. You know, every time someone hurts you <laughs> and you don't forgive them, they are priming you. You are becoming skilled at unforgiveness. Because the more you don't forgive, the better you get at not forgiving. So you all didn't get that. Do you know that you can become skilled at unforgiving? Then the PhD is people, people have hurt you, everybody said, no, they didn't do anything to me. Me. <laughs> so, so not being exposed constantly to the word of God and this is not just teaching Sunday teaching brilliant master life midweek teaching seven Wednesdays by the way we started seven Wednesdays of worship and wonders and how was Wednesday for those who were here so don't miss it this Wednesday, 6.30 to 8.30, we kept the time, just like we will do this morning. Right? Number two, hurt or offense causes us to harden our hearts. And this is how it happens. Many of us are naturally soft people. Anybody like that? When we love, we love completely. When we love, we love completely. Nah. We're very soft people. And you know something about soft people? 
people take you for granted because you're soft and the enemy knows that so he's going to send opportunistic people to poke your heart poke your heart poke your heart until you say i've learned my lesson i'm now a wicked person you see there are a lot of complications once you're generally this sister is like she's she's like this this is my word right now she's she's i can sit all the way and say, ah my word so you see this now what happens is this poke 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 your heart like i can't take that anymore let me tight my chest couple of challenges there number one is that all the good people you are sent to bless you have cut them off all the people that were sent to bless you who've been learning want to bless you, you've cut them off all the people that you were supposed to model gentleness to because watch this more people are blessed by a true believer than he knows some people will never tell you till today I get testimonies from my administration 10 years ago somebody came to Skitsi and shared one three or four Sundays ago I get the someone says you know the people make me feel so old say you came to my school when I was in year one in Ife 14 years ago I said, ah I came as a teenager teenage years ago they say ah, you're old I, I watched you on television <laughs> when I was in primary five <laughs> true story right so all those who have been learning from your meekness your humility you cut them off and you know the final thing the weightier thing no matter how much you tighten your chest because of offense, you know you are a pretender. You know you're not wicked. So there's internal turmoil between you and God. And there was like, I've won you four rounds by just sending the wrong person. Four rounds, finish. Now, but I don't know why things are not working. Offense and bitterness. That's why the Bible has a model for reconciliation. Why? The entirety of your walk with God is supposed to be a reflection of re reconciliation. That's why Jesus came. A true believer, a true regenerated heart is never close to reconciliation. Never. You might have moments where you're offended and upset. But if the Holy Spirit lives there, the Bible says Jesus Christ forever lived to make what? Intercession for us. Look at somebody say, keep that heart gentle. Because you need it for your life, for your wife, your husband, your ministry, your children. Number three is that the heart can become offended because of spiritual or hardened because of spiritual attacks. Spiritual attacks can shut somebody down, in which case it's no longer by uh, thinking like himself. So the, the prodigal son was taken away. The Bible says when he came back to himself. Some of you are trying to appeal intellectually to people you need to rebuke spiritually. Some cases are not intellectual rational. Some of your bosses are possessed by demon spirits. I'm not joking right now. So like, sir, I've already made the presentation. Are you mad? And somebody will call you wife. That's what the boss is telling somebody. That's possibly not an emotional situation. That's trespassing authority. Because the fact that I'm working for you does not make you insult me and my family. Are you saying this? But some of us think it's just a hostile environment. What you would do tomorrow morning, you will get there an hour before work time and take charge. I deal with every strange spirit, every ill will. I subject every strange principality and power that speaks through the HR manager. That speak Are you hearing what I'm saying? Sir, sir, I'm sorry, sir. You know I'm not like that, sir. Hmm. 
Cultural dance. You gotta take authority. I'm not saying don't do that, but take high five somebody till their palms almost bleed. And sorry, that's violent. Till blisters begin to pop up and tell them, tell them take authority. Is somebody getting something this morning? Is somebody getting something this morning? Demonic attacks can harden a person's heart. Demonic affliction can possess the person's heart. How do we get a soft heart? Number one, the influence of the Holy Spirit. Number two, a teaching like this. You must listen to this teaching, particularly if you're struggling with this issue, at least three times. At least three times. Thank you very much. I'm almost done. At least three times. So I'm teaching today. So. And number four is that you must decide. Is it number four, number three? Three. You must decide intentionally, watch this, to be a kind person. You see, kindness might be easier, number one. Expose yourself to the influence of the Holy Spirit constantly. Influence of the Holy Spirit. Number two, a teaching like this, listen to it many times. You know why? Because a teaching like this does not just carry instruction, it carries impartation. There's a spirit behind this teaching called the spirit of reconciliation. It's a spirit. It comes, different revelations come with certain inheritances in Christ. Are you understanding this? So it's not just the instruction. It's because my heart is right, the word is right, I'm explaining it, the mind is getting it, but also the spirit is absorbing something. That's why even before we make any altar call, some of you are already making decisions. That's how, you know, there's a spirit, there's an impartation taking place through teaching. And then number three, decide I'm a sweet person. You know what happens to some of us? Our hardness of heart has become a survival mechanism. It's the way we survive this wicked world. This wicked world, this world is wicked. You cannot make it being soft. Now watch this. Being a hard heart does not mean being a sissy or being loose or weak like anybody can do anything. No. It just means making the decision not to become callosed by the insistence of your culture. Not becoming baked. So watch this now. Five major characteristics of, of a, a tender heart and I'm done. Watch this. I used the example of bread earlier today. Bread. Bougon. Agege bread. Now, you know sausages? You know sausages? Or as my children would say, so what are you eating? Sausage. You know sausages? When you buy sausages, you know, you know, you know sausage? Some of you know sausage roll, the original sausage, the soft one. When you buy when it's produced, is it hard or is it tender? Is it hard, concrete hard, or is it tender? It's tender, right? So it can impress a little bit upon it, it can press, it can all of that. Now if you put that, that uh, sausage collection in a freezer does it become hard or not how many of you can eat bacon and frozen sausage anybody like that so that means that in the hardened state the sausage is not very usable similarly a hardened believer is not very usable to God it does not quench the hunger of anybody look at somebody say you're not very useful when you're hardened some of you said it, you didn't look. Some of you looked, you didn't say. <laughs> look at somebody eyeball to eyeball say, you ain't so useful when you're hardened. When you say, when I say somebody's a hardened criminal, where did they send the person to? 
prison, otherwise called what? Correctional facility. When you're hardened, the effectiveness of your ministry is put under correction. And your movement is restricted. Get on this now. Five things. Number one, a tender heart is free of the freezing influences of its environment, culture, experiences, and entitlements. A tender heart is free. Somebody say free. free. Of the freezing influences of its environment, culture, experiences, and entitlements. A tender heart. Somebody say that's my heart. Only seven people said that. Number two, a tender heart. Ten is good to see. Ken, it's good to see you. Style here this morning. Yeah, good to see you guys. Number two, a tender heart is fueled. Nigerians would say fueled. It's fueled by the passions of God. By the passions of God. So I'm free. Somebody offends me, offends me of course I will be hurt. But, you know, either I just put it under the blood. You know, there are things you put under the blood. They don't even need confrontation. Just maturity. Just put it under the blood. But if it keeps popping up, then discuss it. Yeah. I didn't like what you said, especially if that's happened more than once. Yeah. I would have appreciated it if you had addressed that thing in private, not in public. You, you, you get what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? Number two, I'm fueled by the passions of God. What drives me is not hurt or offense or my ambitions, but the passions of God. Number three, a tender heart feels the pain of people. Let me, tell, let, let me be honest with you. There was a time in my life because his pastoring exposes you to, to people's pain. And when you become bombarded by pain, sometimes you become numb. Have you been there before? So I got there at a place in my pastoring. Someone just be like, ah, this one has happened. Are you serious? Ah, the Lord is with you. I had become numb. I don't become wicked. I've just heard too many people lost this one, lost that one. Ah, okay, so you're just one of them. Don't worry. Grace, grace, grace. That's why I wrote the song. <laughs> That's not true. That's the way I wrote the song. Right? But how many of you know that? If you start taking on leadership after a while, but you need to expose yourself to the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, help me. That will not become numb. Ask that the Lord will water that heart so it can still become soft. Because do you know what? It's heartbreaking to be surrounded by so many cases of heartbreak that you can't help all. Don't worry. When you have leadership and people are reporting to you, you understand it better. But a, a hardened heart, a tender heart still feels the pain. Still feels the pain. Number four, it forgives the shortcomings of others. Colossians 3, 12 to 14 says, Therefore, as elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility. Somebody say, put it on. Look at that. Put on tender mercies. Hello, please, can I use your shawl? Thank you. Let me use your shawl. I promise to return it before fall. Am I going to the mall? All right. All right. Now, when the Bible says this, it says, as the elect of God, was elect of God, chosen in Christ, right? Elected for salvation, redemption. God chose you, you didn't choose God. Your choice of God was secondary to his choice of you. He predestinated you. Are you getting this now? Oh, come on, y'all people. Do you think your brain is that intelligent to choose God? Ephesians 2, when you were dead in your trespasses, do dead people choose? He chose you, man. Pulled you out and gave you his life. Even though he said, I gave my life to Christ, it was Christ that gave you his life. 
Come on, people. It's a paradigm shift, y'all. Because if you give Christ, you can take it back. That's why people say, I gave my life to Christ three times. You don't understand. He gave his life to you once and for all. None shall snatch them out of my hands, he says. Therefore, as that elect of God, that speaks of an office. You are elected into what? An office. What should you wear? What should you wear? Humility is your matriculation gown in the university of ministry. You're getting that. Do you wear clothes just as you feel like or based on the purpose of the event? So if this morning all of us or me and my wife or you know, seven people just wear graduation gowns for In Love With Kings and Master Life, we would not expect there to be graduation or explanation. If I come next week and I wear graduation hats and tassels and I don't explain anything, won't you leave with a question in your mind? <laughs> you get what I'm saying now? <laughs> Not so you get that. By the way, Nonso is such a beautiful writer. We need to give her writing projects. I was on a page this last week. I was like, what? All right. This is you. Tender hearts will say, oh, celebrate tender. Gotta celebrate. He said, put on. Holy and beloved, put on what? Shout it. Put on what? Do you know some of us have tender messes naturally? Are you aware? They just beat me. Oh, oh my God. Your phone fell down. This is 25 liters of sanitizer. Just like tender. Like they can give out their food. Are you following this? Have you seen Darren? Darren is just sweet. And she gives out a lot of sweet things. Just, she's just sweet mercies. But please have mercy on us regarding sweets. But watch this. Whether you were born with it or not, he said, put it on. So your temperament is not an excuse for wickedness. I'm choleric. I'm co. I'll give you cocoa because I'm co. Are you following this now? He said, put your temperament under the cloak of Christ. Are you seeing this? So that I think I'm already done. So that the only time my choleric nature, by the way, wait, my wife thinks I'm choleric, I don't think I am. The, o- the, the only part of you, she said the Holy Spirit has really worked on me, so you wouldn't know. So the only reason people should know my choleric nature is that they see it reflecting the Christ I've put on. So anything that is not in Christ does not filter through, no matter what my temperament is. Oh, you're not getting this. I'm sanguine. I'm unruly noisemaker. I scatter the place. Party don't scatter. But there's a fruit of the spirit called self. Put it on, sir. Oh, I'm flag. I'm flagmatic. See, even when I'm automatic and systematic, I don't like to be true. 
Matic. Can I have a formatic? Put on what? Give me, give me, give me, put on what? Tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, and final things that tend not flows with the life and the energy and the spirit of God. I'm trusting God that we're going to raise a house that is just a sweet house. Some of us grew up in sweet families and some of us grew up in sweet churches. People were just nice. I remember when I was pastoring university because I, I taught, you know, sometimes people have it and then they forget it because everywhere is harsh. So scatter the place. But I taught it. I passed about three or five people here on campus and some of you remember there was a time people did, some people didn't have money but they would give out their watches people would give out shoes not because it was a giveaway day giving out clothes was natural my wife and I still do it every three to six months but giving out stuff from our wardrobe it's just sweet it's just nice it's not because I'm, I'm saying to my pastor's life so I can receive a prophet's reward. That one is there, it's powerful. But something just been nice to your pastor. Something just been nice to that person that nobody knows. Doesn't have to be the pastor or a team rep or anybody. Just a stranger. Just be nice. Say, I'm buying you lunch today. I'm trusting God that God is building in this house the sweetness of the Holy Spirit. Where it's going to be a house of mercy. This is a house of humility. This I feel the glory of God. Can we pray together? I'm done. I told you I'm keeping the time today. And, and I want to do that for the rest of my days. Let's pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, I'm, I'm a tender-hearted person. I choose to be tender-hearted. I choose to be gentle. I will not allow the aggression of Nigeria turn me into a monster. I will not allow the politics of the corporate world turn me into a schemer, a back backstabber, a lying child who has to score points by bad-mouthing people at the board table the boardroom I put on tender mercies Cooper I put on kindness I put on humility I put on meekness even as redeemed people saved people we have to be intentional about our, our outfit we're gonna have waves in a couple of months believe it's a August. When we have waves, guess what? We're not going to be dressed like this. We put it on based on that assignment. I officiated yesterday. I've not won a tie for a church service in years perhaps because I'm ministering somewhere. But to officiate in that space, I wore a tie because that's the language of that ceremony. So God is saying the language of Christ, the language of your life is tender mercies. It's kindness. It's humility. It's meekness. It's long-suffering. Let's pray to the Lord in two or so minutes. Let's cry out to the Lord. Some people might want to kneel or stand or walk, but be free in your spirit. So Lord, I put this on. That the activity and the operation of the Holy Spirit in my life and in my heart will be so perversive. Let them say there's been a change in Uche's life. There's been a change in Debbie's life and Hannah's life. Let them say, Felix, you were a sweet guy before, but you're even sweeter now. It's in the little things, helping that little child cross the road tomorrow. That old man who's carrying the Lord, saying, Ma, can I order an Uber for you? You don't need to know them. There doesn't need to be any promise of returns or reward. This is what Christ did. He said everywhere he went, he was doing good. I want to pastor a people who are just good people, who are kind people, who are gentle-hearted I've been to quite a number of churches in Nigeria and I've been to quite a number of churches in America and Europe, preached in a few. 
And you know one of the things I noticed about many Caucasian believers? They are just gentle. They're just tender-hearted. I don't want to mention names. Some of them are even popular ministries that have music and all of that. But they're just sweet. Can we be a sweet people? Can we be a loving, a warm, not weak, but gentle? Jesus definitely was not weak. Remember, he whipped people out. So gentle does not mean we will not rebuke, exhort, correct. But it means we do it in love. It means we have difficult conversations without rebuking or destroying people. We heal the heart without damaging the heart. We correct without crushing. We instruct without imposing the preferences of our flesh. Make us a new people more like you gentle and sweet more like you humble and kind more like you father we just receive this now can we hold our hands as a house don't worry we'll sanitize on the way out Get the sanitizers ready. Let's hold our hands as a house. Tender-hearted. Go to Ephesians. Want to confess that over our lives. Ephesians 4, verse 32. We'll just confess it over our hearts and over our lives. He said, put it on. So when you dress up in the morning, don't leave without your humility. Don't leave without your compassion. Don't leave without tender mercies. So let's say this together in the name of Jesus Christ. We are kind one to another. We are tender hearted. We forgive one another. Isn't even as God in Christ has forgiven us. Let's say the three more times together. Tender hearted, forgiving one another. Even as God in Christ has forgiven. Let's say that two more times. For the last time, loud and clear, every voice in the house. Let's give God praise today. My wife is going to do very briefly. I'm done. What time is it? What, what time is it? Should we just close and take the service to an end? Hallelujah. Amen. Um, still in um, light of this, I really want us to practice what Pastor Dami said, especially in the areas where you know you're already feeling a certain type of way towards someone. I want us to really take this in. And when Pastor Dami said what he said about the deepest one is when you say, ah, we're not fighting, no. Offend me, no. And B said to me that some parents have been on this table. And I know some adults in my family say, it's not fight, oh. It's not fight, but you know they're not talking to that person. So I want us to really look inwards and deal with it in the course of the week. In that same line, there are some people whose hearts have been hardened towards God. God has upset you. A promise did not come at a set time. A miracle didn't come through as you expected it. And some of you don't even know God at all. So I want to give that opportunity. If you know you're actually born again already, but you're upset with God, your heart has been hardened towards Him. You're now been trying to look for your own means and like, God, we'll sort this out 
when I'm ready. I want us to have a repentant heart even at this moment and say, Father, I'm your child. I'm here. I was upset. I was angry, but I'm here. Help me. Holy Spirit, help me, oh God. Bring me back to that place of love. Bring me back to that place of patiently waiting at your feet. Help me to remember your faithfulness in the past and help me to know that you are still with me in the name of Jesus. For those of us who do not even know God at all, but you want to know about this God, this God of love, this God of faith. You can see myself, you can see my husband, or you can see B. Where's B? B is waving with a heart shape. How appropriate. He dressed for the service, a tender heart. So see him, he's on a black shirt, but don't just focus on the heart. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you because we have even the mind of Christ in the name of Jesus. We think like Christ, we love like Christ, we forgive like Christ, we are humble like Christ, we are tender-hearted like Christ in the name of Jesus. So Father, I'll be going to this week saying, not saying this is how I am, but saying this is how I am in Christ. For it is no longer us who lives, but Christ who lives through us. So Father, we bring down our proclivities, we bring down our natural dispositions and tendencies, and we lay down in exchange for who we are in Christ our real selves, our spirit selves in the mighty name of Jesus. Things that we think we are so attached to. This is how I am. When I'm angry, I'm angry. No, we lay it down for you, Jesus. Take full course in our life this week and for the rest of our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's celebrate Jesus. Let's celebrate the new hearts that we have. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. Hallelujah. Generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this how.